Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Go ahead, get this turned down. What is going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into the real episode uh, 94 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. I stumbled on that Labor Day edition because I was all off schedule and shit like that, but told y'all I was going to double up this week. So A Double has doubled up, doubled down on the hustle, added some muscle to the hustle. So we back here giving you another episode of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Um, first things first. Uh, we have to say rest in peace to Darren Seals, rest in power. Uh, this is his uh, one year anniversary since he's been murdered. Um, still no one arrested, no suspects, nothing. Uh, this brother was an activist down in Ferguson. He was calling out the bullshit from people coming down to Ferguson trying to gain some shine and gain some spotlight. And as you know, uh, a lot of those uh, uh, so-called activists uh, ended up cashing out and getting their own little shows and getting paid articles written about him and things like that and just became the face of this new resistance movement uh this brother was found dead in his car set on fire um so rest in peace to him i did a whole show uh i did a show about him uh yeah a year ago to this day um so may that brother rest in peace rest in power and uh folks will continue to fight the good fight so your death is not in vain um, and people out in Ferguson, out in that area, St. Louis, uh, out in that county area, be safe, please. Uh, because I know this brother said that he was, uh, him and his brother were being threatened by cops because of the work that he was doing and the fuck shit that he was calling out. And then all of a sudden, his brother turned up dead a few weeks later. You know, that's, that looked like a hit, a professional hit. You kill somebody, then you burn up the vehicle. So uh, may that man rest in peace. Uh, let's go ahead and get started on this good old summer jam screen. You know, I wasn't going to leave y'all hanging. I'm going to give you my take on this whole uh, DACA situation. What's going on? The deferred action for childhood arrivals. So it's going to be rescinded and go before Congress uh, by request by the Cheeto in chief. Now, normally in these situations, uh, we think that it'll mainly affect, you know, Hispanics uh, from the south of the border. You know, so a lot of times I see a lot of folks out here screaming, hold your own nuts, um, you know, handle your own business. This ain't our fight and things of that sort. But we have to realize, you know, if if you're not into this fight about the dreamers and things of that sort, which which I understand black folks do have to handle their own business. But we do have to realize that there's more people who's going to be affected than just Hispanics. Even though uh, white Latinos are over here in overwhelmingly numbers illegally, we have to think about our brothers and sisters here undocumented. So according to the Migration Policy Institute, there's close to 600,000 people, uh, black folks here, undocumented. And this is for adults and kids. 
um, you know, from the motherland and from the Caribbean islands. So we really have to rethink what we're saying and stand with our brothers and sisters from countries like Haiti, uh, Jamaica, Cuba, Barbados and the motherland. So we really have to, you know, educate ourselves before we hop on that. Uh, this ain't our problem bandwagon. If we really want to kind of build some kind of unity with our brothers, you know, in these different countries and over in the motherland. I know a lot of times we out here, uh, you, you know, with me saying that you're probably like, well, them Africans weren't doing shit for us and all this other shit and things like that. But what if we have to be the role models and set the tone and set the pace you know and be the role models for those people in those different countries to show them that we ride for them you know for our brothers and sisters you know building that bridge just so we can hopefully get an economy going between these countries with black america and all these small countries and over in the motherland you know try to build our own economic base that way and build some connections just in case shit hits the fan here in babylon aka america because it looks like it is and we'll have somewhere to go over in these smaller countries and over in the motherland so it's just something we really have to think about and we have to think about you know uh what the great marcus garvey was trying to do you know what i'm saying so we really have to just kind of keep that mind frame you know that that thinking that we knowing that we can migrate back to africa and things like that and build connections and you know use what we learned you know in the states over there and then use what we learned in the motherland and these other smaller countries and bring back home so it's just something that we really have to think about before we go out here well this ain't my fucking problem them fucking mexicans need to hold their own nuts these uh japanese these asian folks who was fighting for peter liang need to hold their own nuts which is true i understand that but let's think about you know the 600,000 brothers and sisters that's over here undocumented we have to really think about our own people if we for the people if you really about that life right so you also have to look at from 2003 to 2015 while black immigrants represent only 5.4 percent of the population of the undocumented population they made up about almost 11 percent of all newcomers in removal proceedings according to a report by the black alliance for justice immigration and the immigrant rights clinic so basically what's that saying is uh, you know black black uh, undocumented people here i'm not gonna call them illegal aliens here only made up about 5.4 percent of the population but they were damn near 11 percent of the people getting you know uh removed from this country and sent back to their homeland or sent to uh, ice detention centers and so what's fucked up about not only that about daca being rescinded is that the families you know may be out here paying for their own demise via taxes and the daca fees so hopefully y'all know that these folks are paying 495 bucks every two years to stay here and the media is reporting that it's about 800,000 young folks who will be affected. And that's $396 million that the U.S. is willing to throw away. Like, have Trump supporters actually thought about that? Not to mention the taxes that they pay via work and purchases. It's just something to think about. Are you really about that? You know, if you're a true capitalist or a Republican, you know, the right is always about dollars, dollars, dollars. Here you got 800,000 young folks paying $495, granted, if they all paying their fees. And that's $396 million coming towards the government and towards our economy. 
So you telling me we just going to throw away 400, almost $400 million just because of some fear of uh, some lazy ass uh, person in the Midwest yelling that uh, they took our jobs, but this motherfucker is too good to work at Walmart, you know, for 11 bucks an hour. They trying to find them a better job, thinking that they're going to head out east to get some coal mining job or some shit like that because they think some fucking... 17 year old hispanic kid is going to take their jobs so if this actually gets rescinded and they send all these children back and then i starts raiding these uh because they all have this information on file for these dreamers right uh that's information is all on file so what is to what is not to say that the next step besides getting these dreamers out is using their information on file and ice running into these people's homes and getting the parents about the paint okay so we get rid of all these immigrants undocumented immigrants here i want y'all to be prepared to start paying fucking twenty dollars a pound for some grapes you know what i'm saying uh fucking wine prices are going to go up and you know how white folks love wine specifically white women love wine and 53 percent of white women voted for trump and then you gotta think about shit like shrimp and things like that so we're gonna be paying 30 30 dollars a pound for some shrimp some shit like that so think about it you really have to think about how this affects our economy you really have to think about that uh, you know i'm speaking to my black folks like i said you got to think about our brothers and sisters from these small islands and from the motherland then you got to think about it from a dollar standpoint too are you willing to pay that fucking much for crops and groceries and things of that sort produce and different groceries and things of that sort you know what i'm saying and then not to mention a lot of these 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 dreamers are doing God's work. I mean, you have to say rest in peace to Alonzo Gillian. This is a 31 year old uh, who was a DACA recipient and he died while volunteering, saving folks during the hurricane in Texas. You know what I'm saying? So and then I seen a statistic. It was like close to 90 percent or over 90 percent of these kids were either working or in school or something to that extent. No criminal record. So help me out here. And then you, everybody want to place this blame on Obama because, you know, Trump is trying to reverse everything that Obama did. Right. Trying to erase this whole man's legacy. That's what it's about. Cut off your nose to spite your face. That's what it is all about. And uh, this is what his legacy wants to be is to reverse Obama's legacy. So the dreamers, you know, the DACA and then the whole health care thing. So nobody's even talking about the healthcare thing right now. Everybody's just focused on DACA and all this other shit. I feel like it's a smokescreen for dirty backdoor dealings, but it's whatever. But what we have to remember, you know, these uh, right wingers are talking about Obama had an open border policy and all this other shit. And I hate that we put this open border policy on President Obama because Obama was getting motherfuckers up out the paint. From 2009 to 2015, he deported over two and a half million people. And that's more than any president in history. And in 2014, 81% of those deported had criminal records. And in 2015, 91% had a criminal record. And even immigrants were nicknaming President Obama the deporter in chief. So y'all can kill that whole open border narrative. Obama was working with the uh, Department of Justice to get immigrants up out the paint um pe people that were here undocumented criminals up out the paint who had a criminal record and they had a tier system so you guys just really need to quit that right there 
But that's just some information that I really wanted to drop on y'all about this whole DACA situation. And I don't want y'all out here drinking that Kool-Aid about it's not affecting me and things like that. Um, you have to be empathetic to at least your brothers and sisters who are out here in these smaller Caribbean islands and over in the motherland. Because it's not just affecting white Latinos, white Hispanics contrary to popular belief even though they dominate the news i mean you can even check out more information on this website uh it's an organization called undocu black and uh, these are undocumented black folks um fighting against trump and the powers that be that's trying to get uh these dreamers about the pain and even the uh the adults too you know the parents also against ice and things of that sort so you can check out the website at undocublack.org and that's u-n-d-o-c-u-b-l-a-c-k.org that's pretty much all i gotta say about that uh moving on what the fuck is going on with y'all mans tyler medea perry this man has donated two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for hurricane harvey relief which is great but a large chunk of that is going to Joel Osteen and he's defending his actions. Bruh, you need to look in the mirror, holla at Medea to talk some sense into your dumb ass. And while we at it, have Medea talk some sense into your man Steve Harvey. There's an article floating around on Yahoo and it's making his rounds about Harvey having regrets about meeting with the Cheeto in chief. His wife told him to skip the meeting. I'm just trying to figure out when will y'all learn, especially black folks with money, if someone shows you who they are, you fucking believe them. Okay? You believe them. This man ran on a campaign of hate, xenophobia, racism, sexism, every type of ism there is. And you up here meeting with him thinking that some change is going to come. I'm tired of talking about this shit. Hove, what you gotta say? Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. Alright, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums. Let's give it up for Tyrone Biggums. Thank you, sir. Try to stay off them rocks, but hey, you gotta do what you can to get through the pain, baby. So selling hope like dope uh, has to be uh Bethany United Church of Christ. Uh, Reverend Robert Lee IV, a descendant of General Robert E. Lee, spoke out against white supremacy at the MTV Music Awards alongside Heather Heyer's mother, Susan Bro. And now he's being pushed out of his church due to too much attention being brought to the church. Now, let me read a statement of what he actually said uh, at the MTV Awards. He said, my name is Robert Lee IV. I'm a descendant of Robert E. Lee, the Civil War general whose statue was at the center of violence in Charlottesville. We have made my ancestor an idol of white supremacy, racism, and hate. As a pastor, it is my moral duty to speak out against racism, America's original sin. Today, I call on all of us with privilege and power to answer God's call to confront racism and white supremacy head on. We can find inspiration in the Black Lives Matter movement, the women who marched in the Women's March in January, and especially Heather Heyer, who died fighting for her beliefs in Charlottesville. So then he had to, you know, deal with his church congregation, uh, being with the shits and being angry at him. 
uh, with all this attention being brought to the church and it's controversial. So he said to his church when they were trying to vote on his tenure, you know, he tendered his own resignation and he told the congregation, I regret that speaking out has caused concern and pain to my church. For this, I offer my heartfelt apology. I understand that my views could be considered to be controversial, which they were not. Uh, I never sought this sort of attention, but I do believe in God's role in calling out for positive social change for the good of all. We are all called by God to speak out against hate and evil in all its many forms. There are so many good things going on with this congregation, and I do not want my fight to detract from the mission. If the recent media attention causes concern with my church, I reluctantly offer my resignation. That's deep, ain't it? Uh, so now if you're walking in the shadow of Jesus and sharing his views of peace, love and brotherhood, wouldn't you want your good deeds of that church to be amplified by the media? Wouldn't you want a progressive pastor? Dr. King once said, it's appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. So I don't think you're getting into heaven with that attitude, Peggy Mae, Jill Land, Scotty, Rick, and whoever else is in that so-called building you call a church. So Bethany United Church of Christ out here selling hope like dope. This and Joel Osteen's church has been looking funny in the light lately. I'm sad to hear this, but uh, y'all Christians, y'all gonna have to figure something out. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so holding an L has to be, uh, this woman took the biggest L of 2017, uh, 2016 to 2017 season, Hillary Clinton. She has to hold another L. Hillary Clinton is still blaming Bernie Sanders for her L. So in her new book coming out later this year, uh, she's still trying to blame Bernie, saying that uh, he was uh, basically promising too much and trying to be too much to the people, and she had to compete against that. And uh, she also tried to slick blame President, former President Obama by saying that he gave her some advice just to kind of hold back on Bernie and don't go attack him and shit like that. So she's blaming the Jew and the black guy for her loss and not the voters, right? And for not not even the voters. I can't even say that because she's a piece of shit. So she can't, she didn't have any, she can't blame herself and her uh, organizers, her uh, campaign group, her campaign manager, whole staff, because she just ran on a campaign of, you know, I'm not this guy. You know, once she got, you know, past the primaries and she was the elected dim for president, it just was, well, at least I'm not him. No policies whatsoever. I can't even think of a policy that Hillary Clinton had. You know, Donald Trump banged into the heads of everybody. I'm going to build a wall. I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall. I'm bringing jobs back. I'm building a wall. I'm bringing jobs back. Right. So none of that is happening right now. Uh, I haven't seen any job growth and the job growth that we do have is left over from what President Obama did. But anyways, so first, you know, voters weren't ready for a woman president. Let's keep the 100. You know, a lot of a lot of folks were scared to have a woman president. They were saying that she's going to be too emotional, uh, too quick to hit that button. But look who we got in the White House now. We have a grown ass elderly toddler in the White House who is so emotional. He is holding rallies all over the fucking country to stroke his fucking ego. 
he is just a grown baby but like i said people weren't ready for a woman president especially clinton i mean just look at how white women voted and then secondly you ran a campaign that was just eh, i'm not this guy no solid policies you ignored the working poor in the middle class and it was just come on this guy's an idiot vote for me and third uh today's blacks you know black voters we wouldn't really really feeling your husband comments placing blame on black leaders for the tough on crime laws and we didn't forget the super predator predator remark that you made we didn't forget none of that and we knew that it was just going to be business as usual with you at least with the white supremacists in the office black folks know what's coming because a lot of times we don't know how to handle liberal racism we just know how to handle outright flat out in your face ass racism okay and uh last but not least i mean you had white supremacists with a white inferiority complex they turned out and voted like they were voting for the first white male president and if a, a listener disagrees you know just ask yourself are you mad that i'm telling the truth or are you mad that you had two piece of shit candidates running for presidents you know it's easy to blame the rise of trumps on blacks who didn't vote or bernie defectors instead of looking at the candidate that the democratic party fed your ass you know it seems as if the democrats are in the business of losing for a big check from corporations you know and what i mean is how they'll prop up like some weak ass democrat and say this is our guy or girl and just look at how the democratic party pushed out the brother keith ellison he he was with the shits keith ellison would be with the shits he was supposed to be the chair of the party and then then they came out of nowhere with some tom perez is our guy like who the fuck is tom perez like you look at him and he just looks like look like a weak bitch you know what i'm saying he looks like a punk you know and they said tom perez is our guy by saying that keith ellison was a was anti-semitic and he was part of the fruit the fruit of islam and you know all this fuckery with the right aligning themselves with nazis to get votes and to get power and then you got the left pandering to identity politics and being scared to challenge the right and call out their own mishaps right now more than ever you know it, it is really time for a third party uh candidate uh third party for the people because right now is the perfect time the system is in shambles and now more than ever those who are resisting need to organize and act you know because this is a sad situation like you look at our government right now it is just sad sorry disgusting and i want the people to realize that the power has always been with you like look who's in power right now the power has always been with us it has never been within the system it's just people have been so damn compliant with the system that it gives the system power but now more than ever we need to resist and fight the good fight but anyways hillary i hear that she's trying to run in 2020 again she's thinking about it give it up and hold this l you win perfect all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes i have to give it to uh taryn smith she is a senior at millard south okay so for my listeners who are not familiar with the omaha metropolitan area millard's millard papillion la vista bellevue even council tucky uh, which is iowa technically um let's see what else um i think that's it of ralston uh those are all uh 
uh, suburbs, white flight, little cities. Um, when I say La Vista, I think I said that, but they're all like white flight areas of the city, right? Uh, where white folks went to get away from the Negroes and the Hispanics. Um, but she goes to, uh, she's a senior at Miller South High School. Okay, so Millard is a white flight area. Uh, it is southwest Omaha, technically, like very far southwest Omaha. And uh, there's a lot of meth heads over there, and there's some suburban areas, but it's pretty much, you know, there's like drops of chocolate folks there. But anyway, Taryn Smith, she is a senior at Millard South, and she wrote a book about impactful uh women for kids and it's titled uh, nevertheless she persisted so she wrote this children's book uh and it's you know it's great and i appreciate her uh taking a stand and you know writing about like folks like coretta scott king and uh other famous women she even wrote about hillary clinton but i do have an issue though with this book because she included racist ass susan b anthony and we know Susan B. Anthony, even though she's like the Susan B. Anthony is the epitome of uh, white women's rights or like white feminists. You know what I'm saying? This woman was a major racist, major bigot. Uh, one of her most famous quotes is I will cut off this right arm of mine before I will ever work or demand the ballot for the Negro and not the woman. OK. And then she had another, she had some more, a couple more gems I'm going to give you. Uh, what words can express her, the white woman's, humiliation when, at the close of this long conflict, the government which she had served so faithfully held her unworthy of a voice in its councils while it recognized as the political superiors of all the noble women of the nation, the Negro men just emerged from slavery and not only totally illiterate, but also densely ignorant of every public question. I'm not done. We got another hit coming from Susan B. Uh, the old anti-slavery school says women must stand back and wait until the Negroes shall be recognized. But we say if you will not give the whole loaf of suffrage to the entire people, give it to the most intelligent first. If intelligence, justice, and morality are to have uh, precedence in the government, let the question of the woman be brought up first and that of the Negro last. Okay? So uh, bring it up to the most intelligent first, which is the white woman, and then you worry about the Negro last. And then you think about giving them the right to vote. So that's my only issue uh, with this book. Um, I, but I know she's only a high school senior. She's doing her thing. So shout out to her. And half of the proceeds from this book actually goes towards the NAACP. So shout out to her. And uh, she had some profound statements to make on the news I saw a couple nights ago. So I did have to just give her a shout out for her doing her part to the best of her abilities to try to combat, you know, sexism and racism and things of that sort. Because she do have does have women of color in that book also. So Shout out to Terrence Smith. Not all heroes wear capes. Some of them are high school seniors who write books for kids. All right. So moving on to health over wealth. You know what I say. Without your health, you can't enjoy your wealth. So I'm going to hit y'all with a little bit of a quote. We got the uh, fall is here. We got the winter time coming up. There ain't really shit to be doing. We got cuffing season. It has started. 
but you know what? I want y'all to add some muscle to your hustle. You know, I just want y'all to hear me out. So the quote is, success is never owned. It's rented. And the rent is due every day. Every damn day. I want y'all to think rent's due. You know, you got that project that you're working on. Uh, maybe you trying to work towards a promotion at your job so you won't have to be grinding on two jobs but i want y'all to have the mentality of my ogs used to have um back on the block so these guys used to hustle from fucking uh from spring to fall just hustle hustle stack money and then they'd be chilling in the winter that's all so they wouldn't be out here you know trying to get some packs off getting whatever um getting chopped up cars off just whatever you know getting them packs off getting them chopped up cars off you know they can't be doing that in the winter time you know it's too cold for all that shit so they would just stack money you know for them them three seasons you know from spring to fall just stacking money and then they just be chilling in the crib you know just enjoying the fruits of their labor you know all winter and uh blessing the block and other folks on christmas and their families and shit like that you know just grinding so i want you to reverse that and you know don't get caught up in the fuck shit you know just it's too cold to do this and you know i'm just gonna chill and you know you gaining weight and getting all fat and shit you know fall in the fucking winter putting on that winter time weight hit that gym grind chase your dreams and then be looking good for the spring and the summer you know what i'm saying be out here looking like a million fucking dollars get that business up off the ground get that six pack popping uh, get rid of them love handles you know get rid of them cottage cheese thighs get rid of them man boobs whatever you want to do get out there and add some muscle to your hustle you know, I want y'all to just thrive and just excel. I know we got a lot of bullshit going on with this uh, this, uh, this government, this system that's in place. But don't let that stop you from getting yours and getting your mind right, getting your money right, getting your body right. So you will be ready for whatever comes your way. And so you will have the strength physically and mentally to help others and empower others and help your inner circle thrive and gain more. So that's all I got for y'all. This is about a half hour episode. It's a bonus episode. You know, I had to double up to get back on track, get these numbers right. But that's been episode 94 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. As always, I love y'all and I will see y'all next week. One.